Charlemagne the God. The, the Breakfast Club, bitches. <laughs> the voice of the culture. People watch The Breakfast Club for, like, news and really be tuned in. This one of my favorite shows to do. Just because y'all always keep it 100, y'all keep it real. They might not watch the news, but they're on Twitter. They're on Facebook. They're, you know, they're listening to The Breakfast, the Breakfast Club. Get your ass up. <laughs> this is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So, so you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Hey, this is Alaya from Charleston, South Carolina. 843, what's happening? Hello, Low y'all. country, what's happening? What's up, mama? I'm good. Okay, so I just need to get it off my chest. Okay, I just got a new job, so I moved to Greenville, South Carolina. There are so many snakes around here. What do you mean, like physical snakes or like oh, human beings? No, physical snakes. Oh. Like, well, I guess somebody has some pets or something, and they released them in the woods, so they've been coming out all over the place. And there was this really long one, like the size of, like, three legs on the interstate. And there's white people trying to catch them as pets. So now, nah, so, so, so now you scared of big-ass snakes, huh? You know what? The only time I ever... <laughs> Seen the snake get killed when my granddaddy went outside and chopped the head off, and I was like, "Wow!" There you go. You you, you, you from the South Carolina? You know we chopped that head off and then hold that snake for everybody to come look at. Charlamagne ain't talking that type of snake either. He ain't talking about that type of snake, mama. (laughs) He talking about the one-eyed snake. I'm sure. I ain't talking about no one-eyed snake. Why you? What's wrong with you? Why are you thinking about one-eyed snakes early this morning? No, that's what you said. You ain't say you never seen a snake before. I ain't say nothing. You are kinky. Don't start that this morning. Shut up, man. Oh, my gosh. I'm just going to chop that up to everybody being tired this morning. Thank you, Mama. <laughs> Hello, who's this? Hey, this is Chanel Doris. Uh, calling from South Dakota. I'm from Florida, but I'm not a crazy one. Uh, okay. Hold on. Did you just say you calling from South Dakota from Florida? What did you say? But you're not a crazy one. I'm calling from South Dakota, but I'm from Florida. Got you. But okay. I ain't crazy. All right. Uh, I want to say good morning to all three of y'all. I love y'all. Listen to y'all every morning. Every Buenos dias. Thank, Thank you for having no taste. Uh, sacrifice to Amazon. Ah. I want to shout out <laughs> D2Dtops.com. Uh, follow- <laughs> I thought you talked another language of me. <laughs> I didn't know that. Oh, no, no, no. That's uh, my business. D2Dtops.com. Uh, follow me on Instagram. D2Dtops underscore. Oh, sorry. D2D, D2Dtops underscore. Yeah. D2D underscore tops. Is that a sex and I'm site? Super nervous. Yeah, that's my website. Why is it D2D? <laughs> what does that mean? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's determined to demonstrate. As in, I thought of this. I thought of this business, and now uh, I'm pursuing it. and I'm doing it. Oh, okay. oh, I thought it was like a D two D for tops dot com. Yee's kinky this morning. Yeah. Hello, who's this? Yes, this is William. Hey, William. Good morning, sir. Hello, Bill. Hey, what's going on, Sean? What's going on, DJ Envy? What's up, man? Get it off your chest. What's the matter? Well, the first thing I want to get off my chest is that in the morning, you know, you guys say that, uh, or Charlemagne basically puts on uh, Mr. Lamentall. And he asks him to go through his spiel. And once what? Mr. Lamisol goes through his spiel about he'll never drop you, he's a bull, I think that's BS because I had a case just recently and he dropped me. Who dropped you? Oh, for, you everybody, for everybody uh, out of state, Mr. Lamisol is an attorney here in New York City who about. handles like a lot of personal injury cases and accidents and stuff oh, like that. Oh, 
Oh yeah, you do the commercials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought he yeah. was talking about the yeah. stuff yeah. you used to clean the house. I, I thought, thought so too. You I mean Limitol? Yeah, I thought you were talking about Limitol is a feminine what product. What does it have to do with anything? I, yeah, I thought he was talking about Limitol. Limitol is a feminine product. A lot of drums girls use Limitol. I said Charlamagne put Limitol on drums. Drums Puerto Rican. Okay, y'all cleaning the house together? I don't understand. Now, now, okay, what is what does this have to do anything, sir? You mad at him this morning? Yeah, I'm mad at him because he says on the radio he's a bull. He'll never drop your case, and I'm. My case got dropped because I missed some uh, therapy sessions. Well, you therapy should never sessions, miss therapy sir. sessions. That therapy sounds pretty irresponsible. Therapy your sessions part. are amazing. Well, no, no. I was hurt. Oh, I you mean physical therapy? Physical therapy. Right, yeah. physical therapy. Okay. Yeah, I, I got hurt in an accident. Well, call Mr. Lemassaw and uh, call his office. Like, call Mr. Lemassaw. Yeah, I got you me thinking. He, yeah, call Mr. Lemassaw <laughs> and take this up with his office, sir. And uh, I respect you expressing your frustration, but he is a great, uh, outstanding, spending. Customer here. <laughs> 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 he pays Charlemagne well. All right? We care about the people, Absolutely. though. Absolutely, he, he spends that money. All right, but you can call him. <laughs> call him now. Call him. <laughs> <laughs> Just call him. <laughs> Get it off your chest. 805-851-0511. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're man or black. Say it with your chest. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. So if you got something on your mind, let it out. Hello, who's this? Good morning. This is Nicole. Nicole, get it off your chest. Good morning, Nicole. How are you guys? Good, good, good. What's up, mama? All right, real quick, let me tell you why I'm mad. I'm just mad because of court, of course. I drove five hours to about work for two days, and I get there, and I'm dealing with a substitute judge, and she's not familiar with my case, and so... She had to dismiss it, for which they reopened it because she's up in there. So now I have to go back again before, uh, I guess, a real judge. That judge was a social worker, and so she was a little lost. And to me, that's not fair. Don't put nobody up there that's not familiar with all of the laws. Wasting your time, right? Yes. I'm what did you do anyway? Or what are you accused Pardon? of? What are you accused of? I wasn't accused. I was going to court for violation for the father not allowing me to see the child. Oh, okay. Dang. you. Ne- that, now, this is a role reversal. Usually, right. it's the other way around. <laughs> this is even strange. I actually had the child the whole time of birth up until five, and finally, I decided to reach out and say, hey, you have a son, and we did a DNA test. He's the father, and immediately, he went for custody and won because he was in the military, and he was more stable than me, which to me is crazy. Normally, wow. a judge doesn't take a child from a mother. Wow. So that, 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 is, that is ridiculous. That I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm to say for you what I say to everybody. A child needs both parents, but a child definitely needs his mom. Correct. I'm sorry, mama. Correct. All righty. Y'all have a good day. Keep praying for you. Too. Praying for you. That's Hello? crazy to have your child just taken from you. Hello. Who's Hi, this? Guys. Hi, guys. Good morning. Uh, is this all homies from California? Yes. Hey. You guys be up early. They be I high. Know. Are you high this morning, too? They're not high. No. No, unfortunately not. Unfortunately. No. <laughs> All right. Well, get it off your chest. Well, we want to say we're blessed again, two days in a row, and we want to give a shout out to our five friends, um, Corey <laughs> and um, what's it called, Aubrey, Nisha, Dante. I apologize. These are all our friends that we uh, we have a little clique that we well, listen have, to the breakfast club. All you have eight friends. You have eight friends now. We're your friends now. Yay! We'll, we'll tell we'll tell the gang. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Uh, and keep your circle just that small, boo. Do we have like a group okay, text or something so. going? Um, no. Well, we kind of we went around our little circle and told everyone uh, that we got through the phone yesterday. 
And we're going to tell everyone today. So we're cool now. Hey. All right, gang, gang. Don't, right. Y'all should record this to play it back later for everybody. Oh, it's on, you know, it's on the YouTube. Okay. 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 Thanks for telling us. Perfect. We didn't Thank you, Mama. Yeah, yeah. We, we know it's on the YouTube, too. Thank you, though. <laughs> Hello, who's this? This is Chandler from Columbus, so how, how y'all doing? Chandelier, man. What's up? Get it off your chest, bro. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, just been a little rough uh, two weeks. My car went down again. Uh, car's back in the shop, and uh, I got to kind of hold that back because I got a trial for custody of my daughter next week, oh. and I got to pay my lawyer three stacks, which is crazy. But uh, just want to let stacks. everybody know it could always be worse. All right. Well, we wish you luck, man, in court. Oh, thank you. And by the way, DJ Envy, uh, Charlamagne bodied you in that uh, shoulder challenge thing the other hey, day. Hey, hey, kill that. him with the shoulders. But who was dressed better? Kill him with the shoulders. Oh, uh, DJ Envy was definitely dressed better. That's not even a fair competition. Y'all know I, my dressing is trash. We're talking about the do-rag. You know, man, I don't be moving my shoulders really like that. Out. You know Charlamagne more sassy than I, me. I wear Target T-shirts. Listen, first of all, it has nothing to do with sass. You got sass. Okay, I do have a little sass. There you go. All right, I'm a sassy savage. There you go. I'm not on little Uzi levels, but I'm here. <laughs> Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. Hit us up. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, we're asking... You know, Kevin Gates recently got a lot of, uh, I would say a lot of criticism for him kissing his dog. And we're asking, do you mind what people kiss their dog? And do you kiss your dog? Now, Charlamagne, you don't have a dog, correct? No, I don't have a dog. Have- I, I had bad experiences with dogs growing up. Um, I had two Rottweilers named Barry and Tara. And Tara was real, real mean. And so um, they ended up having to put him down. And my other Rottweiler bear got poisoned by my neighbors. And he died. So I've had a very bad experience with dogs. And no. I had another dog named Budweiser. That I found on the street. Horrible news. That was a stray. And my daddy took that to the pound, too. So I've had bad experiences with dogs. I don't like getting my heart broke, so I don't have dogs. Okay, but have you ever kissed any of them? <sighs> no, I used to feed bear gummy bears, though. No, okay. <laughs> anyway, well, I have two dogs. and I have an Enza Belgian Maliwa, and I also have a German Shepherd named Chuck Norris. And those dogs are dirty dogs. Like, they play outside. They play with, with, with their, their toys and their balls, and it's dirty. It's nasty. I would not... Come up to my dog and say, give me a kiss. Mm. I wonder why Kevin Gates thinks the dog's mouth is cleaner than the human's mouth. Dogs don't wake up in the morning and brush their teeth and well, goggle that, and floss and all that He said this is back to You know, pull Dan to the mic. Pull Dan to the mic. Dan, can you, can you talk Dan, to the mic? Dan, Dan's fruit of the looms wearing a total bunch <laughs> this morning because he could not believe that we don't kiss our dogs in the mouth. I don't have a dog, Dan. I don't think it's a big deal. You don't think it's a big deal? So no. you've kissed your dog in the mouth before? Yes. You do on numerous occasions? Yeah, mouth closed, though. Big disclaimer. No tongue? No tongue. Okay. If it, like, accidentally sneaks in, that's disgusting. Oh. oh. But it's happened to you? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That that you wipe off. If it, if it kisses your face, it kisses your face. But when you kiss your, your dog, do you go, hey, boo, 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 or do you, like... Yeah, I love my dog, man. Oh, I guess it's kind of like your child, though, right? Because if a, no. you're not going to turn a kiss away from your child, then no, your dog going to be like the child. And I don't have a kid. Yeah. The child came from your sperm. It came out your your, your wife or your girl's vagina. So you would taste your sperm? <laughs> What? You no. put your sperm on your lips? Is no. what you're telling us? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it sounds You just, I mean, I don't know why you even brought that up because it's not just sperm. It's sperm and eggs that make a That's child. That's what I said. I said both. I said the woman, vagina, and the man's sperm. Yeah, but you got to complete that recipe, okay? You can't just get half the recipe. You, you just, cut me you, off. You're not just going to take the sperm and rub it on your lips, are you? <laughs> 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 Technically, those are your kids, but you kiss those kids. <laughs> <laughs> we always go too far up there, man. Hello, who's this? This is Josh in Augusta, Georgia. Hey, Josh, you kiss your sperm? Absolutely not. What? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. No, that's not what the question was for. Oh, you're quick, buddy. You're quick. <laughs> and we asked, do you kiss your dog, bro? 
No, absolutely not. People people kill me with that because people love to be like, oh, yeah, scientists said that, you know, there's a bacteria in their mouth. But then be the same people that be like, oh, scientists said that you should take vaccines, but, oh, I'm not taking them. But I'm like, Yo, you're just taking these people's word. Have you ever done any sort of research on these clean mouths? Because they sit and lick themselves all day and eat dead animals and all this kind of stuff on a regular basis. Like, well, I, I, I mean, I, I don't think these guys' dogs are eating dead animals now. Cabo. Yo, what's going on, man? Yo, you kiss your dog, bro? Bro, never. Like, I literally just seen a dog eat his own throw-up, bro. Like, why would somebody kiss that? You right, and dogs be sniffing other dogs' butts, too, man, and, you know, and licking butts, so I don't know. Exactly, man. Uh, nah, 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 listen, stop it off. We all ass. Don't get mad at the dog, because <laughs> you mad at the dog. The dog doing what we do. All right? Hey, not me, bro. I ain't with the 2018 wave with the ass licking, man. You never, you never ate that. You never licked the butt, boy. Nah, bro. I can't do it. Well, I learn from your dog, man. Ass, so no. You said what? I said, I know what comes out of my ass when I eat a good burrito, so no. Oh, yeah, so I understand. You wouldn't want to lick another man's ass because you know what comes out of yours. I get it. <laughs> That's what you just said. Goodness gracious. Hey, how, how does everything go with the butts in, on this show? 800-585-1051. how we do that. We're talking about <laughs> kissing a dog. 800-585-1051. Do you kiss dogs? Do you have a problem with it? Call us now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, Kevin Gates, uh, he got a little uh, criticism for kissing his dog. We have the audio. I don't want to talk about me kissing my dog in the mouth. I did that. A dog has a bacteria in his mouth that kills germs. A dog mouth cleaner than a human mouth. So we're asking, 800-585-1051, do you kiss your dog? I own two dogs. I own a Belgian Maliwa. Uh, named Enza and a German Shepherd named Chuck Norris. Uh, I don't kiss them in the mouth. Um, I I don't. I, I I try not to get my mouth too close to their face anyway. Really? Yeah. I, just you know, they're attack dogs. Like, I, I don't I don't want you I don't want you in my face. I don't have any dogs. I've had bad experiences with dogs uh, in my life, and I, I but I don't knock anybody who does let their dog lick them in the face or they kiss their dog because the dog is like your child. So it's like if a ch if your child runs up on you and tries to kiss you in the face, you're not going to say no. You didn't ask the Puerto Rican in the room. Ask Drum. Drum, because Drum was upset Drum, a little bit. Too. I wasn't upset, first of all. You have a dog, right? I have. I had a dog, yep. And you got a beard. I don't know what that means. What does that mean? What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> Where are we going with this? So, so what is that? What, do you like kissing your dog in the mouth? I'm, it's not like one of my favorite pastimes or anything, but if you kiss me in the mouth, you kiss me in the mouth. Got you. Tongue? No tongue? No, no tongue. All right. And what, what kind of dog? Cocker Spaniel? What? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't you know. Put your beard on your dog's sideburns. What? <laughs> what? Daniel. Yo, what up, man? Now you used to kick your, you used to kiss your dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to, man. Well, you know, a while ago, man. But like I said, you know, I mean, one day, man, I swear to my dog, the crap, man. I came inside and I'm on the couch and I, I look at the dog lick his butt and then it kind of comes over to me like. Like, you know, he want to lick in the mouth or something. I started thinking, like, hold up, man. You just got to lick your butt and taking a squat at the same time. Right? I can't, we can't get down with that. That's no, man. I pray, I pray that one day, I pray one day your dog walks in and sees you eating your woman's ass, and then when you try to kiss your dog, he walks away from you. What? Hey, I, I wouldn't blame the dog. I'd be like, hey, <laughs> now, come on, dog. No, I just saw what you did. We can't get down with that. All right, thank you, brother. Hello, who's this? This is Jason. Hey, Jason. You, you, you kiss your dog, Jason? No, I do not kiss my dogs. I did a college research paper about this about 10 years ago. Talk to me. Give us some facts. They do eat poop, and they do eat very, their mouths are bacteria cesspools. Yes, there is bacteria in their mouth that does kill other bacteria, but you do not have those bacteria in your mouth, and there is a lot of fecal particulate that is in a dog's mouth that I would not want in my mouth. Ooh. 
Okay. Mm. Now, see, that make, what you just said is very accurate. We don't have the same bacteria that dogs have in their mouth, so they can eat feces and stuff. We can't handle they that. Can, they can eat poop. They mm. can eat dead animals they, because the bacteria in their mouth will kill it, but mm. the bacteria in their mouth will not kill it. So you are eating poop if you kiss your dog in the mouth. And this is why the Breakfast Club wow. has the best listeners, because as much ignorance as we have call on this phone, we have smart guys like you. Sir. Thank you, sir. All right. Thank you. All right. Hello. Who's this? Hey, I'm Tamara. Good morning. How y'all doing? Good morning, Tamara. Do you kiss your dog on the mouth? No, absolutely not. Why not? I think, I just think it's not, you know, my father, I don't own a dog, but my father and his wife, they have five dogs. And, you know, they keep them out of the kitchen when it's time to cook. And they're all in dogs, you know, they stay in the house and that's it. And they go outside, but they don't, they don't do none of that in the mouth stuff. That's just, that's not what we do. You know, that's, we from Texas, we from the South, we don't do all that. True, true, true. Thank you, Mama. I mean, it's not sanitary for the, for the most part. You know, I just saw a special on um, Megan Kelly on her TV show with this, this little boy. He was kissing the neighbor's dog, and he lost the arm because of it. I mean, it's very <laughs> what? rare. What? what? People, yes. Yeah, I mean, it's very rare. I saw it, uh, they were, like, Friday or Thursday. Yeah, I, saw, or I, I think I heard that story, the, the bacteria, and, and they yeah. were saying, yeah, I did see that. Really? But, yeah, it's I, I did see that. very rare. They said it's very rare, but it's ha- it happens. And a little boy, he lost his limb. Yeah, like, I, I did see I did see that. He arms. Yeah, yep. and it was very sad to hear that story. So it's just a heads up to people, you know? I mean, it, it can happen. Do what you do, but, you know, there's possibilities for everything. I okay. would think that it would be Thank way you, more one-armed white people in this world if the bacteria from dogs <laughs> actually could uh, make you know, those like, limbs. Somebody should go out there and do a study about that. You know, it ain't going to be me. We're not going to be statistics. Statistics for that, I tell you that. My Thank God! You, Next time I see a one arm, one arm white person, I'm gonna be thinking. And he kissed his dog. You kissed your this guy kissed his dog oh in his mouth. What's the moral of the story? The moral of the story is uh, never underestimate the power of a sloppy kiss and a wet nose on a bad day. I don't know what that means. You want to find out? No, I do not. <laughs> I'm going to human resources. All right. Morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. Yes, sir. She's back, Miss Jamel Hill. Hey, how y'all doing? Good Welcome morning, back. Jamel. Uh, thank like you all for having me. Changed so drastically from when you were here last. I know, right? Exactly. <laughs> I hope it wasn't us. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't you guys at all. But a little bit different cir- uh, circumstances. Than the last time I was here. Now, now with ESPN, was it like a Jeff Sessions situation where they asked you to resign? <laughs> but you just gonna get right into it, huh? <laughs> just hop right like into no warm up, no chit chat. Yeah. Like we just gonna right. get that out no the way. Hug, no pass, just no right con- into it. No congratulations, no, thank you. you for like you actually, really said that. Yes. A congratulations for getting rich. <laughs> Yeah, listen. <laughs> oh, yeah, she got rich there. Yeah, yes, man, had to cut the gym. <laughs> no, you can't it, talk about that, I'm sure. It was a thing. It was. Look, I know when you hear amicable party, everybody immediately calls, like, this is BS. Like, mm-hmm. this is not the case. But in this case, it, it really was. I mean, I've been there 12 years, so obviously I love the place. Yeah. It's the longest job I've ever had. It's the best job I've ever had. And I think it's sort of, uh, I compare it to a relationship. And I'm sure you guys have experienced this where, uh, you know, you're in love with somebody but you realize that you have no business being together, mm-hmm. right? So we loved each other, had no business being together, not, mm-hmm. at, not at this point. So we had just kind of reached the end of the road. I know that feeling. Sometimes you love your job and what it is that you do, but you don't love other things that come with that behind the scenes. Well, I think for me, it was just what I didn't love is that I felt a little constrained in, in the sense that there was just such a, a bigger opportunity to do more. Mm-hmm. And um, I realized that ESPN, I mean, they're a sports network. That's... They're there to serve fans and to put on games, and we're there to talk about, you know, results. But especially in this climate, there was just a lot more that I just kind of wanted to get mixed up in. 
and I knew the things I wanted to get mixed up in was not going to be good business for them. Were you surprised with the constraints? Um, no, because they're considering what the company is about. Yeah, they probably should be there. Uh, I thought I just kind of reached a point where I wanted to be a little more active, a little more vocal and not have to worry about an email chain starting every time I said something. Right. How tone deaf were the people at ESPN to where they say, don't talk about politics when the head of state is talking about sports? <laughs> yeah. So if the head of state is talking about sports, then why wouldn't sports journalists talk about politics? But see, this is the thing, though. I know that people have looked at the comments that have been made by the current president, Jimmy Pataro, and even by the chairman of Disney, Bob Iger. I think people took what they said a little bit too literally. Never did I hear that when it made sense, when it was newsworthy not to talk about these things. Gotcha. Because, you know, when the president inserts himself in the, the NFL anthem issue and all these other things concerning sports, you have to talk about it. That's right. your job and like, role The players as a aren't journalist. going to the White House. You have Correct. to talk about You have that. to talk about mm -hmm. it because that's newsworthy, right? Mm -hmm. The people that complained about ESPN being too political, A, probably didn't appreciate the viewpoint being expressed. So they had an issue with the issues being discussed and the point of view being taken. And it was just lazy and dumb and a, a stupid narrative because it's not like when you turn to, like when we were on the 6 o'clock Sports Center, Mike and I were talking about illegal immigration or we were talking about health care. <laughs> like, none of that ever happened. Right, right, like, right. we were talking about sports and anything having to do with politics or social justice involving sports were well within the frame of news. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you were done wrong by ESPN in any way? Not at all. Gotcha. ESPN changed my life. Yeah. You know, and... uh I mean, obviously, um, it changes your fortune a little bit. Yeah, we saw, we saw Bossop report six, six million dollars. <laughs> I ain't getting all the that. Six million I'm not getting all woman. of that. And I know they check and they fact check everything. I'm not so getting into all of that. I am not here to confirm any of those details, all right? I just want everybody out there to know. May I just say again, you never heard a figure come out of my mouth, all right? But, Bossop said six million. Bossop and we've never heard you say it's true. not true either. Again, no <laughs> figures have come out of my mouth. All right? I feel like if it wasn't true, you'd be like, that's just a rumor. You know, it's not true. Legally, she can't say in a mouth. Okay. But, but you know, here's the thing, though. You, know, you, did, the you, did, you, you did move to L.A., too. Now, that ain't no... That's, <laughs> That's not a that cheap move. Cheap. Yeah, LA ain't cheap. Look, I got about 25 hustles out here because I'm true. out here. Right? Right. You know, doing the LeBron documentary, okay. doing Shut the Air Raid Net, Shut Up and Dribble, which is available on Showtime On Demand. Thought I'd throw that in there. Mm -hmm. And I'm also, you know, a staff writer at The Athletic. So I got jobs, you know. I'm and you have here. your own production company. I have my I own production company. With Union. Thank you. I mean, I'm trying to, a friend of mine once told me a long time ago that you got to have five hustles. Yeah. So I got three, so I need two more. So if y'all got something for me, you know, let me know. All right. <laughs> Yeah, we, we can all invest in some stuff. You okay. know what I'm saying? You got six million. But listen, <laughs> you um, I want to talk about Thank some you. of the hustles you mentioned. You uh, you do have a a scripted show I heard with Kelly Carter coming. Uh, yeah, okay. so we're working on a scripted comedy um with uh that's being developed by Sony, also um with Gabrielle Union um as a producer, not as as in front of the camera. Um, this is the thing, you know, as a journalist, you're a storyteller. And uh, you guys know, you know, you collect some crazy stories the longer you're in the media game. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, being a, a, a black creative now is hot in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, this is yeah. like a totally different um, sort of uh, experience than I think than what it used to be. And so looking at Netflix dropping that billion content and Hulu and Amazon and all these different places, we wanted to get into storytelling, but doing it in a little bit of a different way. All right, we got more with Jamil here. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the God. We are the Breakfast Club. We have Jamel Hill in the building. Yee. You know what I, I wanted to ask you about? I thought about you yesterday, right? I was at the Gracie Awards and they honored um, Pam Oliver. She mm. was the keynote speaker. 
And I hear this all the time from women who have to work in sports, who choose to work in sports, how much harder it is because, and especially being a black woman working in sports, not just from people that weigh in and comment on your abilities, but also from coworkers. Mm. Like she talked about the beginning of her career, which is, you know, earlier than the beginning of your career, but just even like offering her services to help out and no one wanted her help just because she was a black woman. What has your experience been like? Well, there is definitely a level of scrutiny and criticism that you face that will be a lot different than the men. And I, I don't know how we got to this point or I just always was amused by the fact that even though for many years I worked alongside men that never played professional sports, I had a better high school sports career than a lot of them did, all right? I started every year. I was in high school, all right? That's what you I'm know talking what I'm about. Like, I had some little small college offers and a lot of dudes didn't even uh, do that. But yet, when it comes to talking about sports and being involved in sports, for some reason, we think your level of sports knowledge is directly related to your genitalia. And that's just not the way that it works. And so, um, you know, for me, I, I had to, of course, realize that a lot of times when I write something or my commentary especially if it's going against what conventional male analysts say, then you have to be prepared for the fact that people are going to say that's why women shouldn't talk about sports. I remember, and, and I still like to, you know, the few times I'm actually right about things, <laughs> I still like to lord this over, folks. I remember when uh, Khalil Mack was coming out in the draft, and I saw him play against Ohio State, and he was the best player on the field. And I was like, look, I know Jadavian Clowney had, you know, the hit of all hits against Michigan, but, like, Khalil Mack is the best player in this draft. Man, so many dudes ripped me to shreds for saying that. All I got to say is how you like me now. Because <laughs> Khalil Mack is probably the best defensive player in the league, him or Aaron Donald. That's interesting, though, because Skip Bayless ain't never right about nothing. <laughs> He's entertaining, and I've been watching him for years, but I, I, I cannot think of one time Skip Bayless has been right about something. Uh, he, you know, he hits on a few things here and there, but that's Every what I'm saying is that, like, you know, he has an edgy opinion, and while he is ridiculed for that opinion mm-hmm. at times, but it's still a, more welcome for him to have that kind of opinion as opposed to me. And we all make mistakes at times, right, and report mm-hmm. things that may not be true or, or make a, a mistake. Do you or feel like bad yeah. predictions? It's okay. Yeah. I'm not saying about a prediction. It's just a prediction. I just predicted the Giants was going to win this year. We knew that wasn't true. <laughs> Again? Saying, or just, you, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying the Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl every year for the past but 20 years. But do you years. feel like you get attacked a lot more? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, because when I do, it's just like, again, it's supposed to be some kind of indictment of my gender's involvement in sports. Do you think the media will ever respect opinions from strong black women? That's a good question. Kind of hard, too, when your president doesn't seem to, right? Um, I would say that's going to always be a a slippery slope for most black women because when we express an opinion, um, especially a strong point of view in general, we're like angry or we're loud or we're fitting a certain stereotype. So I just think in, in certain spaces, yes, but in most spaces, probably not. I want to go to the NBA. Mm. Is the NBA fun anymore? Oh. <laughs> is, is it fun anymore, or does that team win the next five years, seven years, eight years? No, nah, you need a Who villain. Them? And look, at this rift that's going on between Kevin Durant and Draymond Green. I don't understand that. I, I don't, but yet I sort of do. And it's not one of those things I think is going to blow over easily. Because, what is it about? What, how did it start? Well, well clearly th- that the real tension is in the fact that, you know, Kevin Durant is coming up on, some free, on free agency. And clearly Draymond Green feels some kind of way about the fact that he has not re- eliminated some of the speculation and hasn't shut it down and has al- allowed it to be a storyline. And let's just talk money. Draymond Green is going to be up soon, and he could get a max deal. They Easy. can't keep everybody. You have Clay. Somebody got to leave. Somebody going to have to. Somebody is going uh, is going to be left without your chair. We we'll take Clay and Knicks. Look at him. Sorry. What's, 
Nobody come here, man. <laughs> By the way, whichever one of them leaves, they're going to L.A. to play with Bron. Whether it's Kevin Durant okay, or Andre Mon. So let me ask you this. What would be the reaction if Kevin Durant went to play with LeBron James? I don't think people would care no more. I think <laughs> I'm gonna tell you what, I, what? Think, I think people are over there. I think after LeBron's decision and Kev going to Golden State, I don't think people are surprised. Man, people by any still on KD's head about going to Golden State and taking the quote unquote easy way. What's route. on KD's head? None of us have figured that out yet. Okay, what is See, that? see. <laughs> I'm going to just keep it to sports. <laughs> What's your relationship with LeBron like? Because now that you're narrating his film, his mm-hmm. documentary, some people might feel like, well, now she's not going to say nothing negative about <laughs> LeBron because they work together. No, no. I mean, I, I think he understands the function of, of what my job is. And I've always had this attitude regardless of whether or not I had the sort of working relationship that I had with LeBron or not is that I'm never going to say something on television or write something about an athlete I can't say to their face, mm-hmm. right? And, and I think it's just a good guideline for journalists to have because regardless, even if a guy is not necessarily good, I have enough professional respect for the amount of work that they have put in to get to that point because it's hard to be a professional, and so I understand Absolutely. that. And even when I'm talking to coaches, I never come into this situation like I know more than them. I don't. I never can because they practice at this craft much longer. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm not going to ask Pete Carroll why he handed the ball to Marshawn Lynch because, you know, we could all see he should have handed the ball to Marshawn Lynch. But that being said, there's just a mutual respect there. As for LeBron, um, even though I'm narrating this documentary, I mean, LeBron and I, like, we ain't going to the ball together. You know, like, we know and are aware of of who uh, each other is, and we've had conversations before in the past. And I just um, thank him for honestly allowing me to have this opportunity to narrate this documentary because, as you notice, you don't hear a lot of women narrating sports documentaries. Mm -hmm. And so not only to pick a woman, but to pick a black woman. um, I think that says a lot about who he is and what's important to him. All right, we got more with Jamil here. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. We have Jamel Hill in the building. Charlemagne? Do you think Draymond should have gotten suspended for arguing with Kevin Durant? That's his teammate. Well, the fact that he did get suspended lets you know the seriousness of it. Yeah. And that's why I said this thing is not going to blow over. Um, I think there's some real animosity there. And even hearing how Kevin Durant responded when asked if he and Draymond had talked, the fact that they hadn't. Any NBA player would tell you through a course of a season, it's a grind. And even if you've won a lot together, you've spent a lot of time together. You know, it's like familiarity breeds content. That's what they often say, or contempt, rather. And so um, I think there are some issues that they had there. And Draymond, you know, he has a very forceful personality. And he's always at guys. And he had just made a mistake. Kevin Durant was, and then it was like, so why are you uh, out here uh, letting the speculation ride a free agency? It's like, whoa, dude, what's the real issue here? Mm-hmm. And so that leads me to believe that this is not just one of those arguments that take place that takes place during the course of the season. We might be looking at how their team winds up ending this dynasty. The downfall yeah, of the Kevin, dynasty. Kevin yeah, going real. to L.A. Kevin or Draymond going to L.A. Also with the dynasty, right? I don't understand why people get upset when Golden State wins every year. We all grew up in the 90s. <laughs> right. We grew up with the Bulls winning six championships. The Bulls won every fight. year. This doesn't feel like a fight. What do you mean? You're saying it's not interesting. It's who, not interesting who, at all. Who really challenged the Bulls? During that Thank run. you. It's like, Mike, we knew that was a foregone conclusion. He was winning. What, what, was it a, a, a so-called all-star team, or did he put those players and make those players Why better? does it matter? It does. No, no it, it doesn't. doesn't. It does. Mike never been to a Game 7 in the finals. We knew what Mike was going to do in the NBA Finals. It does like, matter. It does it, matter it does when everybody's scoring 30 and nobody commits. <laughs> well, the Knicks aren't going to get it, well, so uh, it doesn't uh, really shout matter. Shout out. <laughs> How do you feel about uh, Mike doing a deal with Colin Kaepernick? I love it. Um, but I want people to... 
understand this. They didn't do it out of charity. Yes. They didn't do it because they have a social conscience. They did it to make money. That's it. Look and at how that merch. You but know what I'm saying? Some people might have thought that it wouldn't make money. No, they knew. I mean, it's Nike. Like, they, they look into market research. And one of the things that's always bothered me whenever there's discussions about Colin Kaepernick is we spend so much time talking about people who dislike his stance and the detractors not realizing like he has a huge fan base like for all the idiots out there uh, burning those mall walker 11s or whatever <laughs> there are twice as many people who would buy anything with colin kaepernick's name or likeness on the t-shirts that he has for nike they're already gone like you can't even get those things right i think another company would was trying to step up and even do i do i mean were, though. i do I, it was it was i, I completely believe that because he can still generate buzz. I mean, the amount of media attention, what they say was almost $200 million that he generated for Nike in two days. So uh, wherever he goes, like he's somebody who's, you know, so polarizing that he's going to draw from both sides. He's going to have his fans that are going to ride for him. And the people that don't like him are still going to pay attention to his every move. So he's sort of in the perfect space in that regard. But it was you know, a bold decision by Nike and ultimate troll move for his first commercial running that first week of the NFL season. Yeah, I'm that glad, was brilliant checkmate. I'm, I'm glad he did the deal. I just don't like people acting like Nike is the new black power fist. Like, nah, nah, man. They need to relax on that. I also don't like, um, along those same lines, people thinking that you have to be broke if you're an activist. You yes. know, I, I've had conversations with both Tommy Smith and John Carlos about what life was like for them after they raised the fist. They, could, they couldn't afford to feed their families. And uh, they couldn't get jobs, and they were ostracized in this country. And that put them under financial hardship. Part of the reason why Colin Kaepernick is able to keep his activism in this fight going is because he has financial leverage, because he made the money in San Francisco, because, you know, he could probably have any speaking engagement he mm -hmm. wants and commands any dollar figure because Nike is is continuing to give him a contract. That's part of what gets this and keeps it, uh, him in the news and keeps this conversation, this very important conversation going. So he, so just because you stand for something doesn't mean that your checking account has to be on zero because some people are trying to say that he's trying to profit off being uh, involved in social justice issue when, issues when I think he's just doing the smart thing. And not to mention his jersey sales with the NFL, he donated all of that uh, to different social justice causes. So he's put his beliefs uh, and his money, they've certainly aligned. Well, Jamel, right. since we're talking about decisions, right, mm -hmm. uh, leaving teams, let's talk about you for a second. Are you feeling great and comfortable now not being in front of the camera and being more behind the scenes? Do you like that better? Uh, I, I do. I mean, I, I want, better is relative. Um, and, and I want people to understand, I haven't retired from television, okay? Mm -hmm. um, right now, I'm just sort of mulling my options and thinking about what makes the most sense. Uh, I've never, this is a very foreign stage for me in my career like I came up under the umbrella of traditional media so I'm used to working for just one place that's where the paycheck is coming from representing just them and then that's it I'm now building my career more a la carte all right mm -hmm. and so you know as you mentioned I have the production company writing for the Atlantic mulling some podcast opportunities as well and thinking about what direction I want my television career to go. Now you could produce your own TV show. I could, but you know, most of the stuff that I want to do with the production company does not involve me being front-facing talent. Mm -hmm. um, because I still want to tell stories. That's the whole reason I became a, a journalist. And so the, the other part of it, I think for me too, is, is one thing I think I learned over the last year, year and a half, is that I don't know that I ever want to be 
sort of solely owned by one entity. You know, my greatest asset is my versatility. Mm -hmm. And as you guys know, there's a, a lot of companies that you work for that won't let you do other things. And I don't know if I want to be under that kind of constraint again. Right. So um, luckily- but now you walk in demanding what you want because you're in a situation where you don't need to have something else. And you can say, look, I already have this, this, and that going on. I already so got I six million on the side. I can do <laughs> See, I there y'all go, man. Y'all gonna have relatives I ain't never heard of <laughs> calling me after doing this show. They got bossum. <laughs> they saw it on bossum. I feel like God moved you for a reason, though. Because you are Everything so happens talented. for a reason. Like, Everything like, happens for a reason. Be, you cannot be handcuffed to ESPN. Um, Mel Hill has too much to offer the world. Everything happens for a reason. I'm a big believer in that. And uh, I definitely believe in the adage of when God closes a door, he opens a window, Right. And so that's why I'm able or was able to leave ESPN with a with a great deal of, of peace of mind because I knew I was in the exact place that I was supposed to be. I appreciate you guys for having me. Well, thank you for I stopping I love having through. a millionaire woman in the room, you know, so we appreciate Who, you. Who, you? I'm talking about you. <laughs> you said a million, a $6 million woman. Millionaire, millionaire, It's the Mill Hill. Yes. It's the Breakfast Club. Thank you for stopping through. DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, if you just joined us, we were talking about Jada Pinkett Smith. She did an interview with Sway, and they were talking about Will's ex. Let's see what they had to say. You know, she's gone on vacations with Will without mm -hmm. me, with Trey. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because I feel as though Trey needs to feel that dynamic between his two parents. That's very important that he can feel that connection and feel you know where they do meet mm -hmm. so that he can feel um you know that that parental connection while you're married with will mm -hmm. they've been on vacation together yes they have they actually just came off of one so Charlamagne, what do you think well first of all i want to uh drop one of clues bombs with jada pinkett smith i am a pinkett smith winfrey knows carter i feel like i respect the fact that she's secure in hers enough mm -hmm. and she trusts will enough that he will go on this trip and do the right thing because um i really don't think i have a problem with two parents co-parenting even if both of those parents have moved on and they're married to somebody else i don't have a problem with them co-parenting and still doing things with the child right and, that's cool and, and i think that vacation you know, is a different step though i mean it's really not not if you not if you trust your partner and yeah. you and you really feel like nothing is going on between these two and you feel like they're just going to go out and and have fun with the child i don't think there's anything wrong with that whatsoever i, I really don't i me personally would i be for that no but I'm, you know, still dealing with a lot of my own insecurities. And, you know, I, I, I'm, my emotional intelligence is, is high, but, but my, uh, sometimes I can get a little sensitive. You know what I'm saying? I'm a cancer. I, you know I, what I mean? I, I, couldn't, I don't think I could deal with that. Deal I, with that deal I'm with, with you. That. I, I like, yeah, I know what I'm supposed to say. I'm supposed to be like, sure, go ahead, go on out. But y'all have a great time. Matter of fact, you know what? Just hit me when you hit me. Just bring me back a souvenir. Nah, B, that's, that's not how I but feel. But they've been I'm, together a long time, bro. Will and Jade have been together a long time. And it's always been the rumors that they swear. Right. So, you know, you wouldn't give a damn if he went out with his ex-baby mama. If that was your relationship and they swang, yeah, that's cool. But I don't think I'm that secure, bro. I, 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 I'm I, just not. like. I, that's know. why I say I respect Jada's security level. Right. And the fact that she trusts Will that much. And I got to see the baby mama. I don't know how she looks. Depends how she looks. You know what I'm saying? I got to see how she looks. Baby mama might not be popping. You right. Because that could be a lot to do with it, too. And that's part of it. Because think about it. If she... If she not attractive, if you ain't tripping. She, she, you know, she ain't been working out lately. You ain't tripping. Yeah, hey, I go ahead. You ain't you tripping. I don't know what Will Baby Mama look like. You right. know what I'm saying? So that 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 fact is in it too. I thought about that. But that's that. just my superficial ass now, right now, now. Now think about. It. Let's say she. Let's say. Let's say Will Smith Baby Mama. Uh, let me see somebody Charlamagne likes. Nicole Murphy. 
Nicole's all right. She cool. <laughs> no, now she just cool. Now would you let? Would it I'm, still be cool? I'm, I'm more of a Kelly Rowland type of person. Because I said you know Kelly Rowland. But but I but you know Kelly's married, so no need for us to have that you conversation. Know, I'm not and with I'm you. married, so no need for you us to have that conversation. Forget it. Forget it. Just I, forget it. You know that's why. I mean, I still consider Kelly Rowland the Godiva chocolate goddess. But all right, forget I it. I see what you're saying. Forget it. I see what you're saying. You're my scenario. By the way, if my baby mama right looked like Kelly Rowland, she would not be my ex baby mama. She would be my wife. Let's be clear about that. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm not even playing this game with you, brother. Hello, who's this? Hello, this is Stacy. Hey, Stacy. Good morning. Good morning. Would you let your man go on vacation with his ex? I definitely would. I think Jada's right that they need to have that dynamic between Trey by themselves. I definitely agree with that. I, I, I kind of agree with you. I, I mean, you know, uh, the, 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 the sensitive side of me, the insecure side says, hell no. Hell no. But the mature adult side that's been going to therapy and can deal with my insecurities says, yes, I don't have a problem with that. I'm in the middle, bro. I, can't, I, I don't know. Thank you, mama. Hello, who's this? Raven. Hey, mama. Now, would you let your ex go on vacation with uh his baby mama? No, I wouldn't. I would have to be in that same hotel, same resort. I'd have to be close. And why? Why are you, you so insecure? Why are you so insecure? You don't trust him? Well, I do trust him, but still, I mean... You insecure like well, all of us. I heard y'all, neither one of y'all would let your spouse go, so don't act like I'm just <laughs> sideways. You insecure right, with right, us, right. all right? We just asking. I'm just saying. So, no, I wouldn't feel comfortable with that. But I feel like in their case, that's his ex-wife, and they seem to be working on their relationship for a long time, so we don't know what they got going on. Damn. Thank you, I don't think they swingers, though. You don't? That's you do? always been the rumor. No, I don't know. I don't think. I don't know. Okay, thank you. But like, like y'all said, the rumor is always better than the truth. Especially when it's more entertaining. Y'all have a good morning. All right, too now, Mama. 800-585-1051. Now, would you let your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your wife, your husband go on vacation without you with their ex because they have a baby together for the sake of the baby? Would you? Call us now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, if you just joined us, we're talking Jada Pinkett Smith. She did an interview with Sway, and she was talking about Will Smith's ex and them going on vacation without her. Let's listen. You know, she's gone on vacations with Will without mm -hmm. me, with Trey. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because I feel as though Trey needs to feel that dynamic between his two parents. That's very important that he can feel that connection and feel, you know, where they do meet mm -hmm. so that he can feel, um, you know, that that parental connection. While you're married with Will, mm -hmm. they've been on vacation together. Yes, they have. They actually just came off of one. I'll be honest, man. I've been thinking about this. Okay. Uh, I've been thinking about this and I had to remove myself out of the situation and think if I was Jada and Will and how long we've been together and if I had an ex baby mama I don't think I would have a problem with this, bro. And the reason I would not have a problem with this is because you do have to trust your significant other. You have to be secure, and you have to have the utmost confidence that your significant other would do the right thing. But the number one factor for me would be how, how does the ex-baby ex mama look? I, you know, if the ex-baby mama is banging, then I don't know if I'd put my man in that position. See, and I was thinking the same thing. Like, I trust my wife, go. But now what happened if her ex is Michael B. Jordan? Or her exes, what's the what's the name? Shamal Moore or or one of them them brothers that's all chiseled one up. One of them guys you diesel. think is sexy? Yes, no doubt. Yes, true, one true, of those guys true. that are sexy. One of them guys you think is sexy? No, I don't no think doubt. It's one of them guys that are sexy. Um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> See, no. yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I don't. Yeah, Michael I, B. Jordan, your wife's ex. You know why I would be so insecure about that situation? Why? 
Kawhi, you left this for me. Okay? <laughs> I'm saying, like, why you left that for me? You know what I'm saying? I can't be that nice of a guy. I don't make you laugh that much. Right. I you mean, know what I'm saying? Why? Why? Why did you leave him for me? That's what would make me insecure about that whole situation. I mean, maybe, he, I would never, maybe he left her. Maybe. I would never be secure in our relationship because I would be wondering why you left him for me. Michael B. Jordan chilling there on the beach, shirt off. Nah. Your nah, wife nah. coming out with your with Okay, your, with all your right, kids. enough. Take oh, calls. Enough. All right, all right. Before I get upset. Hello, who's this? Female. Hey, would you let your um man go on vacation with his ex? No. Why not? I chose my man, but I don't chose what her intentions might be. Mm. Okay. Will's son is 26 years old. I mean, what are they going to do on vacation this year that they haven't done in the past 25 years? They they probably never went on vacation. That's the thing. And the fact that he is so old, you, you don't need to go. You don't need no vacation. Go on vacation by yourself. Hello, who's this? Yeah, my name's Chloe. I'm calling in because I feel like on some for stuff, some parents do need to sit down when their kids get of age, especially if they going to college or they got life plans that's going on. And they need to sit down and figure out what's going on with their kids. A lot of black parents don't communicate well when it comes to parenting. So I wouldn't have an issue with my child's father. Me and him have great rapport. He got kids by other women. But me and him can sit down, have a drink. We can smoke, talk about our kids, figure out, you know, school plans, stuff that they involved in. You know, it's bigger than just being sexual sometimes when you got kids. You got to be on that mindset. Right. So let me ask you a question. Would you let your man go on vacation with his ex with their child without you? Right now, I really wish he would be able to go on a trip with his ex because he doesn't really get to see his daughter like that. Maybe they could sit down in a calm state and see how happy their daughter is to have them together. That's real. You know, and things would be better if you could sit down and see your kids smile and know, like, my parents is cool. Because I didn't have that growing up. So I said when I had kids, me and my kids father ain't been together for five, six years now. But when he called my phone, I pick up. When he emailed me about his kid or some homework or some packing, I'm emailing back. When his father-daughter dance, I'm communicating because he is just as important as I am to my daughter. Okay. And we need to look beyond all this, oh, no, they might be having sex. He's not even attracted to me no more. You're right. All right. Well, thank you, Mama. You know, so, you know, Detroit in the building, what, what up? I'm in Charlotte. Love you, Derek. Yeah, what up, though? Michael. Hey, y'all. What All up, right. though? All right, what's the moral of the story, man? The moral of the story is I guess we have to stop being so insecure. Yeah, you're you know right. what I'm saying? I respect the level of security that Jada Pinkett Smith is showing by allowing Will Smith to go on a date with her, uh, a date, not a date, a vacation with his ex. Yeah. But I still got to see what his ex baby mama look like, though. I got to see how much willpower Will Smith got. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. But Will, Will seems like a highly enlightened individual. Right. Like, like if anybody can go out and have a good time with his ex-wife, it's Will Smith. But, but you know what, man? The more I think about it as I get older and I get mature, I don't have those... Crazy or just like that, because in a way, in a way, it's like when you go out of town by yourself. You're right. When I go out of town for the weekend by myself and my wife not around, I, it's plenty of opportunity to do some BS. I'm just not with it right now. And Will Smith, right now, oh, you're not with it no more ever. I'm not with it no more ever. There you go. And That's Will better. Smith, about 10, 15 years. No, how old is Will Smith? How old is Will? He up there. He's about, about ten years older than me. Yeah, nah, I wouldn't say ten. So about six, seven years older than you. No way. Yeah, Will Smith. Like Who gotta 40? be damn near fifty? Is he? Yeah. Like 45, 46, 47. Will gotta be damn near fifty. At least. So all I'm all I'm saying is if how old is he? Forty nine. Oh, yeah, right. So he's ten years older. Ten years older than me. So all I'm saying with Will Smith is if he's tired <laughs> at forty nine, or if I'm tired at thirty nine, I know Will tired at forty nine. Right. Exactly. That's all I'm saying. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. 
Continue the adventure with Lutz Scamander as he teams up with Albus Dumbledore to stop the dark wizard Grindelwald's plans to divide the wizarding world. Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Now playing, rated PG-13. You don't fear the date, you you dumb ass. You get don't fear the date, you you dumb ass. You are a donkey. It's time for Donkey of the Day. Donkey of the Day, huh? I'm going to fatten all that shit around your eye. They want this man to throw them blows, man. They wait for Charlemagne to tap these gloves. Let's go. They had to make a judgment of who was going to be on the Donkey of the Day. They chose you. Yeah. The Breakfast Club, bitches. Who's Donkey of the Day today? All right, listen, man. Charlemagne the God here. I'm on vacation. I don't give a damn what y'all think about that because I deserve it. Now, The Breakfast Club is in 80-plus markets in 150 countries, so we have a lot of new listeners who probably don't even know who Charlemagne the God is. So use my time off to catch up on some of my past work, okay? Okay. If you're new here, I do a segment every day called Donkey of the Day, Donkey as in jackass, and that's when I give someone the credit they deserve for being stupid. So if you never heard of it, this is new to you, but if you are a regular listener, then this is an oldie but goodie because it's the best of the donkey of the day. Donkey of the day goes to a young woman from Arizona named Jacqueline Adias. She's 31 years old and was arrested on suspicion of stalking and harassing a man she met online. Uh, let me tell you something, man. We have all dealt with someone in our lives who just wasn't into us the way we were into them. Okay, it happens, but I was always taught to, you know, never make someone a priority if you only remain that option. Well, Jacqueline didn't get that memo at all. Okay, in fact, Jacqueline is a harsh reminder to tell us that there is levels to thirst, okay? As humans, we all have a basic instinct when it comes to thirst, all right? A natural craving for fluids, but that's not the level of thirst I'm talking about. I'm talking continuous dehydration. I'm talking a deficit of total body water. I'm talking about the kind of dehydration that happens when free water loss exceeds free water intake. What are the causes of this kind of dehydration? Well, usually it's due to exercise, uh, disease, high environmental temperatures, but most commonly caused by a new love interest, okay? A new bay or the prospect of a new bay can make the most hydrated, hydrated amongst us thirsty, all right? And Jacqueline is just another example of that. See, Jacqueline met a man on a dating website. Uh, she said they went on a few dates and Jacqueline immediately felt like she had met her soulmate. Whoa. <laughs> Here's the thing about that whole soulmate thing. Uh, both <laughs> parties have to feel that way. Okay, if you feel like I'm your soulmate and I feel like you just some chick I'm smashing for the summer, the fastest way to make me moonwalk out of this situation is to say to me, you're my soulmate. Do you realize you can scare a man away with that kind of talk too early? Go on a couple dates with a woman and you know, and then, and then have that woman tell, tell you you want to get married. All right? So tell, tell, tell that man you want to have his baby, right? Tell him you feel like y'all are soulmates, and then watch that man quickly fade away like an Avenger after Thanos gets all the Infinity Stones, okay? Well, that's clearly what happened in this situation, but Jacqueline refused to fade the dust without a fight. Let's go to azfamily.com for the report, please. Woman accused of stalking and threatening a valley man she met online after they went on only one date. Police say she blew up his phone with 65,000 text messages. Whoa, Jacqueline Addis claims she went on three dates mm -hmm. with a Paradise Valley man oh, she met through an online dating service for millionaire matchmaking. Yeah. Court records say Addis sent the victim 65,000 text messages, <laughs> including threats to kill him, wear his body parts, and bathe in his blood. Addis okay. does not not deny the volume of text messages. She did, however, regret the nature of some of those messages. Addis said she never intended to hurt or scare the victim, and she doesn't blame him for her incarceration. Jacqueline Addis is being held in jail without bond. 
65,000 text messages. That's crazy. 65,000 text messages. Like, how do you even send? I don't even think I've sent that many text messages in my life. My man. I didn't block her. My man. Exactly. My man who was receiving those texts. At what point do you decide you may need to block this number? (laughs) 65,000 texts, bruh. Crazy. I'm blocking your number if you talk spicy to me after three to four texts. All right, 65,000? Ladies, please don't ever come across this part. All right, remember Law 36 and the 48 Laws of Power. Disdain things you cannot have. Ignoring, ignoring them is the best revenge. All right, get fly on his ass. All right, just make sure you don't block him on social media so he can see you shining. Act like you're having a ball without him, and I guarantee he will hit you up. But whatever you do, don't sound like this, okay? This is Jacqueline Addis, live from jail. Sheesh. Let's hear what she had to say. I felt like I met my soulmate and everything was just the way it was. And I thought we would just do what everybody else did and we would just like get married and everything would be fine. But that's not what happened. Mm-hmm. So you're not angry with him? No. Oh my God, no, I love him so much. I just want to love him so much, that's it. And if he doesn't like it, then I'll go home and I'll love my ex-boyfriend. What am I supposed to do? The point of love is to keep giving it. That's the math equation. It's love equals 3.3, which is infinity, times E equals MC squared, which is light. Light is forever. L, if love was a what? number, it would be 3. So it's infinity times light, which is also infinity. So it's just forward, forever forward. And if you're selfish, you can't understand that because you want something in return. He's not giving me anything in return, and I still love him anyway. That's what love is. That's what the universe is supposed to be made of. When you're finding love, not everything is perfect. This was a journey, and I want to apologize because nobody would ever be more sorry. See, I don't understand, guys. <laughs> That's crazy. She's up that deal rubber. with that kind of crazy. Because that kind of crazy didn't just come out of nowhere. All right? It had to be a sign of that type of crazy when y'all first started kicking it with each other. I got a homeboy right now who's dealing with some crazy. And early, early, early on in the relationship, he found out that this young woman left her children in uh, her crib by by themselves so she could go check on her, her other dude at the club, right? What? Isn't that a sign of crazy? How old were the kids? Yeah, toddlers. So yes. that's, that's crazy. That's what I'm saying. Wow. So when you when they show you that in the beginning and then it escalates to things even worse, that's kind of your fault because you had to see this type of crazy Those coming. Red flags. Kids, this summer, remember there's a fine line between interest and stalking and let's just all stay on the right side of that, okay? Uh, some donkey of the days just sell themselves. Please give Jacqueline Adis the bi- the biggest hee-haw. Uh-huh. Now, now, did she say that he, she's just going to go back to her ex? Did she say that? Play that type of crazy again. Play the crazy. Yeah, she said she's going to go back to the ex. I did say that. I felt like I met my soulmate and everything was just the way it was. And I thought we would just do what everybody else did. And we would just, like, get married and everything would be fine. But that's not what happened. So you're not angry with him? No. Oh, my God, no, I love him so much. I just want to love him so much, that's it. And if he doesn't like it, then I'll go home and I'll love my ex-boyfriend. What am I supposed to do? What? Now, if I'm the ex-boyfriend, I got to beat up the new boyfriend, the new guy. Um, No, I'm sure the ex-boyfriend doesn't want her either. No, no, because I don't want, no, no, don't come back to me. She's basically saying, I'm trying to upgrade, but if the bank don't give me the loan, you know, I'm just going to stay in the car that I'm in, okay? I'm not going to buy a new car. That's basically what she's saying. Everybody is DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the God. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. I'm telling you, sex, sex symbol extraordinaire. Is that okay. what it is? I think I, 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 I should have said that. That was something you should have said, shoot your shot, bro. Damn. Shut up, man. Michael Jesus B. Jordan. Oh my God. Sex symbol extraordinaire. Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> Y'all know good and well all the ladies and all the fellas like Michael B. Jordan. Okay? 
Ask him to take his shirt off now. Gag. Oh, oh man, you, man. Now, he jumped out the real quick. Real nah, quick. I ain't, I ain't, I ain't say all that. You guys, okay. this is awkward. And <laughs> Jesus there's Christ. a movement going on now, and you guys can't just harass Michael B. <laughs> 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 That's what you had to say that. Not me. You had to say it. You had to say it. You had to say it. How are you, sir? I'm doing good, man. How has your life changed since uh, Black Panther? It's insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, you know kind of known before. I guess now it's just it's uh, I can't go anywhere. Malls off limits. You know what I'm saying? Postmates. You know what I'm saying? My Postmates bill went through the roof. I'm yeah. in the house. Uh, it, it's just uh, it's it's incredible, especially with the kids, the next generation, man. Just seeing them kind of how excited they've been. You know, after they're seeing the movie and just kind of their reaction to me walking around has been has been pretty incredible. Incredible. That buried me in the ocean with my ancestors that jumped from ships because they knew death was better than bondage. Who wrote that line? That was Ryan, man. Wow. Yeah, Ryan Ryan Coogler's uh he he's incredible, man. We just wanted to, you know, really get the essence of what Killmonger was trying to was trying to say and he, you know, going in chains, trying to, you know, trying to trying to live, it wasn't really in, on his agenda. He was willing to die for what he believed in and you know, going out like his ancestors did was was proving his point. I think okay. I think he won. I think he got his point across in the end. Yes, you see he did. you see T'Challa actually go back to Oakland, you know what I'm saying? Buy the buildings, really like, you know, open up the borders of Wakanda. So that was, you know, Killmonger's victory. Let's you said you had down. to keep a diary during the time that you did Black Panther. Yeah, for most of my characters in general, um, not for television, but for film, I like to write a diary from like the earliest memory of a character up until the first page of the script. It just kind of gives me like a backstory, a, a subtext to always know where my characters are at. So I always kind of like keep those. So I got a like a you know a, a crate full of like you know me notebooks of like all my characters that I played thus far, and it's kind of. You know, memories you gonna do me. anything with that? You think? One I don't day? know. Maybe like maybe when it's all said and done, or like you know, at the end of it, you know, something that people kind of look back on and just kind of get a, a subtext to all the characters that are. But that's actually a good idea. I don't know, maybe something like that. Mm-hmm. Never really thought about it like that. But let's break it down. Let's go to the beginning. What made? What made? What introduced you to this character? Why did you want to play Killmonger? Ryan Coogler. Yeah, I mean, he just called me up and was like, "Yo, Mike, you want to do this movie?" <laughs> and I was yeah, like, yeah, you. "Yeah, exactly." <laughs> and he was, and it was cool. So there's no it audition was, or nothing. <laughs> nah, it was like we wasn't even. Um, uh-huh. We just, as soon as he got the job, pretty much, he hit me up a little bit after that and was just like, yo, you want to play this, you know, Killmonger, you know what I'm saying, a villain? I think it'd be a good move for me. I was like, all right, cool. Was you, into, was you into comics? Was you into? Yeah, I was a big comic guy growing up. Marvel so, or DC? More Marvel. Okay. I mean, I always liked, like, Batman, you know what I'm saying? DC, but, uh, yeah. Batman might have been the best one. The best DC. one, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? He was like, for me, he was just the smartest. He was always, like, a, like ahead of everybody else. Mm-hmm. He had ways to kill everybody, just in case they started tripping. I always thought that was, like, super dope. But Marvel was always, like, top-notch. Yeah, but they were jumping out the window online saying Batman can beat Thanos. That ain't happening. No, never. No, no, no. He's not that smart. Nah. <laughs> it wasn't going to happen. Mm-mm. Nah. So I've always been a big comic book guy growing up. But so playing Killmonger was, like, a no-brainer for sure. And how it was my you, first time playing the villain. How did you prepare for the role? Like, did you have to bulk up? Was it a lot of training? Did you watch a lot yeah. of videos of black men getting shot by police? <laughs> nah. Um, you really get angry at white people? Nah, I mean, that didn't, I mean, that's not too hard. You know what I'm saying? Like, for me, it was more or less, uh, sorry, allergies. Look okay. Um, nah, just, <laughs> 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 not, not just allergies. Not just allergies. Not just allergies. Nah, nah. It ain't that hard for me out there. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Um, nah, it's one of them things where, like, uh, it took me to a dark place, this character. Not even a dark place, but I just isolated. You know what I mean? Like, it was one of those things where, you know, Killmonger, what he was fighting for, wasn't too far from, you know, what the culture was feeling at the moment. You Absolutely. know what I'm saying? It, it was an opportunity for me to kind of express, I think, what our generation is feeling right now, you know, through my art. You know what I'm saying? And that was, that was like a, a real liberating, you know what I'm saying, feeling mm-hmm. for me. So, you know, I spent a lot of time away from my family. I didn't really talk to my mom or my dad, you know what I'm saying, or like my brothers and sisters and stuff like that. You know, I was, uh, 
you know, I worked out a lot. It was a sad place, man. I just kind of like stayed to myself. Mm-hmm. So the physical aspect was, that was the easy part. Mentally kind of going to that lonely place and willing to do whatever it takes to kind of free his people was the, not the, was the more challenging part, you know what I'm saying? But it was a lot of fun too. What about white women? Did you cut off white women during Come that? Come on, period? man! <laughs> Why was that go back there? I like women, period. All women, everybody's on the table. Okay. Everybody's on the table. Everybody's on the table, man. Everybody. How, how much? How much of Killmonger's philosophy do you agree with? Um. I mean, I feel like first of all, it's a movie. You know what I'm saying? So there's a lot of things that Killmonger has to do to service the character. You know what I'm saying? To service the story. You know what I'm saying? To ta- challenge T'Challa. He's a tool. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? In that movie. But there's a lot of it that, you know what I mean? You grew up in an oppressed society. You know what I'm saying? Systemic society. You know, you're going to create Killmongers. Like, you you can create that. So I feel like there's, there's some that I agree with. There's some that I don't. He's an extreme version of what I think a lot of people feel today. And it was happy, I was, like, glad to kind of be able to play that character and, like, bring that to the screen. That's why them little double them little Cree jabs he gave me just now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you should have fell out. You got a little bit. Did you anticipate the movie would have the impact that it was going to have when you were filming it? I mean, I thought we, I thought we had something special. You know, if we all kind of did our jobs, you know, what I'm saying from behind the camera, in front of the camera, I never imagined that it was going to have the reach that it did. I did. I told really? Ryan last summer. I said, you know, Black Panther's gonna make over a billion dollars. And he was like, what? I said, I'm telling you, because you're going to have all the Marvel fans yeah. and then every black person in America who ain't even up on comics going to go see it. It's going to do over a billion. No, and then we didn't really account for, I think, people going to see it three, four, five times. You know I saw it three times. That's, that's what's up. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> we appreciate and so many that. people buying out the theaters also exactly. and showing their support as well. Being able to like take kids that wouldn't necessarily have the opportunity mm-hmm. or the means to go see the film. So it was, it was, a, it was a big deal. And it's kind of like, it's kind of surreal, but the impact hasn't really hit me right now. It's still like, cause it's still living, it's still yeah. growing, you know. So I think the real impact for me personally won't happen until, like, you know, years later mm-hmm. after the dust really settles. But you can see the shift, cause Denzel, Denzel's like, yo, Michael can have all my old holes. It's <laughs> <laughs> his time that. now. That's what he said. Didn't he say that? No, he said nah, he you're said. next. Nah, you're up next. It was, it was. That was a cool interview I did with him in the New York Times, man. Honestly, just to be able to have a conversation mm-hmm. with him, mm-hmm. you know, and just spit those gems and being able to like, you know. Hear him kind of like you know kick that wisdom mm-hmm. was 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 a uh, was a big deal. For he me. said, "You next." It's a lot of pressure, bro. A little bit. <laughs> now for me, it's like I mean, I'm just gonna keep doing what I've been doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like you know, creating a production company. You know, Outlaw Society was a big deal for me um, because I realized like the, the true power is behind the camera. You know what I'm saying? I, everybody wants to you know be in front of the camera, be a star, be famous. You know what I'm saying? All that good stuff, and that's cool and fun and all that good stuff. But you know, when you got to make the decisions, when you get a chance to employ people. Put key people of color, you know what I'm saying, women, you know what I'm saying, like in 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 those positions that are really going to make a difference. That's when you really start to see some real change. All right, we got more with Michael B. Jordan when we come back. Keep it locked. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Everybody is DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Michael B. Jordan's in the building. Yee. It's Fahrenheit 451. That is from your production company. Or? It's a, a co-production, co-production. You know, between um, you know HBO um, and um, uh, Ramin Barani's, uh, who's uh, one, our director, his production company as well. And it was my first, you know, real project that I got a chance to produce. So That's that was exciting. nah, very much so. But you know, to go from like Wallace on the Wire, you know, being casted in front of the camera, to you know. 15 years later, being able to, like, produce something, it was a it was a milestone for me. I, I wondered what y'all was going to do after Black Panther. So What you mean? Like, just in general. Like, like mm. you know, what, what, what's the next role you take when you do something that monumental? Yeah, yeah. So, so why Fahrenheit <laughs> 451? <laughs> um, 
I think because it, it, it's so relevant to what's going on today. You know what I'm saying? With, like, media control, you know, anti-intellectualism. You know what I'm saying? The fact that, you know, uh, free thought, free thinking, all the distractions that we have due to technology, you know what I'm saying, uh, propaganda, et cetera, et cetera. You know, what Ray Bradbury did, you know, over 60 years ago is still very much so relevant today. Mm-hmm. And we wrote that movie before the, you know, the presidential election. So it's like there's a lot of things that are in this film that that are very real today. Um Obviously, there's some changes due to like you know technology and our digital, the digital area that, era that we live in. We incorporated a lot of like you know, kind of futuristic sci-fi things, but it's in the near future. Like things that we were like, okay, cool, we can see if we go ten more years down the road, we could probably be in that situation right now. So that's one of the reasons why I really wanted to step into that character and play that role. You knew it was gonna be a TV movie, or you didn't care? No, nah, I knew it was gonna be on HBO. Okay, okay. I mean, for me, honestly, it was it was um, it was an opportunity to a tell that story be able to produce something, get a credit, you know what I'm saying, under my production company, get some real stake mm-hmm. with the credibility of HBO, you know what I'm saying, to be able to, like, you know, have my logo go up right after HBO is like, okay, cool, that instantly gives my, my company a lot of a lot of cachet. And then, um, yeah, in the story I believed in, you know, working with Michael Shannon also, you know what I'm saying, he's like a credible actor, so it was it was a win-win for me all the way around. But what got what got you into acting? I know you, you, you were raised in Newark. Yep. A lot of times, Newark is probably one of those places where it's, it's one of the well, hardest places shot. to get out. <laughs> yeah, you could get shot. shoot somebody. I mean, we all from the call. city, you feel me? So, yeah, yeah so how, how, what got you into acting? Um, I mean, it was uh, it was random. Uh, my mom has lupus or whatever, and she was going to a, a doctor's appointment when I was like 11 years old. Mm-hmm. I was sitting in the waiting room. She came out. The receptionist was like, yo, do you want to, um, you know, you should get your son into modeling. I started out modeling for like Toys R Us and Models. And how old were you? Like that. 11? Well, oh, she was a pedophile. No, cut it out. <laughs> cut it out. No, she had she had two sons that was in the business. She oh, probably okay. like you know, my mom was probably like talking to her at you know some other appointments about you know we were poor but growing up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like make extra bucks. It was easy. Come to the city, go to like go see you know quick booking whatever whatever. And um and I guess over time I, I started booking. So I guess over the next like year or so, my agent was just like, yo, do you want to like start going out for like you know commercials and. Mm-hmm background and extra work and all that stuff and then it just slowly evolved into acting like i never really like took acting seriously until probably the wire mm. and being around like idris and, and uh, david simon and jd williams and andre royo and all these like you know all the phenomenal veteran actors on that show they're like yo mike you can actually do something with this mm. you can make a career out of this and that's when i kind of started taking it seriously so you've had a relationship with hbo for a while then. yeah yeah, it's case. been it's been like 16 years. A lot more respect now, I'm sure. Without a doubt. I mean, it's yeah. growth. You know what I mean? I kind of like paid my dues as a kid and kind of grew into the man that I am today. And looking back at it, I was like, I guess I was a child actor, but it wasn't like I got too much too fast where I was like emotionally not able to handle what was going on. So you ain't going to see me on the, you know, running the street going crazy, you know what I'm saying? No drug habits, none of that, yeah. all that <laughs> shit. I got a good family, like my family, my friends, everybody kind of keeps me grounded. If you ever around me and my friends, you're like, damn, you, you might need some new friends because they hate you. They keep it real with me. They talk shit. You know what I'm saying? They just they keep me humble. You still live with your parents? That's they live true. with me. Oh, they live with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was I funny. Mean, that was I a mean, very like, funny story. Yeah, but it's, like, positioned. but it's like, why wouldn't I? You know what I'm saying? If you get an opportunity, you make the money. You know what I'm saying? Make enough money to be able to take care of your family that took care of you your whole life. Why wouldn't you move them out? And you're never home. Damn right. LA, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And I'm never home. You feel like you got short shafted for Black Panther, speaking of money? What you I'm, mean? They, I was looking at the salaries. The, the salaries. Did you? 
didn't look too chunky. What what he made? So it's, it's, if you look at the salary, what did he say he made? Like maybe two million. I don't know. I mean, I'm just. I mean, I'm, that's probably wrong because it's the internet. <laughs> how you how you getting how you getting these numbers? Where you getting these numbers from? The internet. The, 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 the internet. The internet. That's what I'm saying. That's why 451 is so important. Everything you read on the internet ain't true. True. Right. True. You know true, what I'm saying? True. But nah, but it's one of those things. Where like, I mean, you live with your mom. That's what I'm asking, man. You know, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, yeah, yeah. Nah, it's one of those things where like, you know, at the end of the day, like Marvel's Marvel, and we gotta be do what's best for the project at that stage in the game. You know what I'm saying? We're, you know, individually in our acting careers, we're all kind of like, you know, reaching our quote. We're doing what we got to do. So, gotcha. Climbing that ladder. And you have a Netflix movie, too? Or deals with Netflix? What's yeah. I got, um, I got a, a show that I um, that I sold to Netflix, uh, Raising Dion. Mm-hmm. It's about a, a single mom raising her uh, eight-year-old with superpowers. It's told through the mom's perspective. Um, oh, a superhero kid? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Single black mom, you know, raising a kid and... Uh, you know, producing that as well. So I'm actually I'm, I'm gonna be in it as well. I'm starring in it for a couple episodes. That was the trade off. You know, when you when you get to that certain point of uh, you know, making production deals, you uh, right you now as an actor, you gotta kind of like negotiate a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. trade yourself off a little bit for a couple episodes to get that producer credit, to get that show on the air. So that was one of those things. But Netflix is an incredible home to work with. Great collaborators. They believe in the creative. They give us a lot of control to go off and do our thing. So. I teamed up with Macro, Charles King over there. He, he's amazing. And, um, yeah, man, we got, we're got getting ready to start shooting at the summer. So. Well, let's talk about these women, man. You know, Come we talk on, about what's going on? No, why, you keep, well, why everybody want to know about what I'm doing with my you, life? you got to be disciplined, Michael, because they on you, all right? <laughs> I, they on you now. Now, now <laughs> recently, this girl from Temple got into your DMs and bought you a smoothie, and you pulled up on it. No, she, she didn't. didn't. Yeah, and you pulled up on it. Look at that. Wow. I love how you bought you a smoothie, and you pulled up on it. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so easy. Why love, love, love. Listen, listen. If you read the internet, I declined the smoothie, okay? okay. She didn't buy me no smoothie. So let's wrap it. Nice listen. Gesture but on she appreciates it. So I slid in his DMs and yeah. then this happened. So but you went to go see it. Listen, this, no, no, this is what happened, right? <laughs> so this guy right here, boy. So uh, we're shooting at Temple University, and our, our base camp is behind the dorm rooms. I was coming out of here and makeup trailer. It was in the windows, went crazy, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Went out, talked to a couple of them through the window, just like, you know, showing them some love or whatever yeah. the case may be. Went off of the cook. I was like, cool, cook me something, whatever, just being nice. They slid in my DMs, da-da-da-da-da, where can I send the food? I answered a couple of them, said, cool, just come down and meet me at my at the, at the base camp. I tell the security to chill out. Went out there, she gave me a plate, some other friends. I told her to bring her friends. We, we took some pictures. You ate it? That was it. I took a couple bites. You're not worried about period blood? Come period on, blood. come no, on. No, 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 Nah, I mean, nah, I took a couple bites, whatever, man. Really? It was you cool. Mean, works, I mean, whatever, that's what I'm saying. I took a couple yeah, bites, baby. it was cool. Hey, let's tell Paige come in, man. I got, <laughs> I got, I got shots I need to shoot for my people. Oh, my God. Stop it. Stop it. I took a couple bites. It was cool, though, man. But at the end of the day, like... Now, what's the craziest thing a girl has done to get your attention? Has any of them popped up at your crib, laid in your bed, in your hotel room? no. Listen, you see that girl? See the blonde right there? She said, no what? She's been talking about eating your ass for months. No, <laughs> oh literally eating your ass. What? Oh, my she God. She literally, I had her on video saying, I wish you might be Jordan's <laughs> ass. She don't even want to come in here now. Out of control. You out of control. I'm just telling you what you're saying. You make an eye contact and everything. I want you, all these girls to have the control. same energy that they have when Michael B. Jordan. Well, now, hold on. Rumor has it that he's in a relationship. So maybe I'm really, man. A little Look, bit. I'm, I'm chilling, man. I, I keep, I keep my, I'm keeping my personal life Goodness out of this. Crazy. Energy, yeah, I'm, keep, I'm keeping that. I'm chilling. <laughs> all right, we got more with Michael B. Jordan, actor. When we come back, keep it locked. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. 
everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha God. We are The Breakfast Club. We have Michael B. Jordan in the building. Now, what is the craziest thing a female fan has done for you? I mean, I don't know. This one fan in Philly, I guess, made a uh, cutout of me and, like, you know, and actually took me to prom. You know what I'm saying? Oh, which so is, took your cutout to prom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that was a little extreme. You know what I'm saying? So I responded back to her. So she got, me, <laughs> she got nice. my attention with she that one. Attention. Yeah, she got my attention with that one. So, I mean, I'm not a rapper. Like, these rappers be having, like, you know what I'm saying, these fans and stuff going crazy. Like, I think musician fans and, like, actor fans are different. You know what I mean? I think it's a different type of, like, you know, obsession a little bit. So I don't really get too many crazy, crazy, crazy fans. So what's the equivalent of a woman throwing her panties on the stage if you was a singer? In, in the acting world. Sending a, a screenshot of her with, without panties on? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Now listen, uh, Tiffany Haddish. Yeah. My family. Uh, Tiffany's I love crazy. Her. Yeah, I love her too. She's and, crazy. But she told me something. I don't even know if I should be repeating this. Oh, man. So don't. No, listen. She, <laughs> so don't. <laughs> she said she's not shaving her pubic hair until she has sex with you. Okay? Now, you know it's going to be hot this summer. Do you, do you, do you, do you want to have her down there all bushy? Can you make that happen? I know you're going to see her tonight at the Met Gala. So you're going to put that on me? Yes. What you mean? I ain't got nothing to do with me. Walk, let her walk around with a bush. I ain't got nothing to do with me. I ain't never, this is the first time I'm hearing about it. Wow. How long ago was this? This was yesterday. So she ain't got a day? No. She, <laughs> she got a day. She got a day. Nope, nope. What you talking about? She's been growing it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That'd be a good look for you. She a real live African princess. Man, why don't you do stand up, bro? Man, stop, You ever think man. about it? What's up? No, I know. I know. Why don't you be able to do stand up? Black, Black men don't like cheat. You got a situation, man. Black men don't cheat. Oh, you, oh, you got a relationship. Wait, yo, yeah, well, why y'all trying to bait me into answering this goddamn question? I'm chilling. I'm chilling. I'm chilling. What is this white woman's name that you involved with? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Why you leave me alone? Or anything. <laughs> or anything. Or anything. I'm just asking. I'm just asking. Man, I'm chilling, man. So no, so no real interest in Tiffany Haddish is what you're telling me. Hey, yo, Tiffany's dope. So you, oh, that's a good, okay. He's saying you're not going to bait him in this interview is basically All I'm saying. telling you is when you see her tonight at the Met Gala, she got a full bush down there. So what should I say? It's on you. It's on me. To get it removed. Okay. You her friend, right? Yeah, yes. yeah, a long time. Why can't you can't you can't convince her to take care of that? She wants you. She says she's not. Anyway, shaving the bush it is back in style, according to Amber Rose. This is awkward. That. Man. And then she, you got to think about all the money she's gonna make in the future, man. That's a good. Y'all can build your own little economy too. That's what I'm bird. saying. Them together. <laughs> you don't now, think so? Leave me alone. Leave me alone. So, Michael, you've been doing all these roles where you have to be very fit and in shape. You think you could do something where you actually had to? Uh, gain say sixty pounds out of shape. I can't wait. You would do that. Oh man, I can't wait to just like <laughs> sit. I gotta do it soon because like the older you get, the harder it is to get back into shape. So mm-hmm. I really can't wait to like play a role where I gotta put on a lot of weight. I can just eat, and not, not do work nothing, out. And not work out. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be awesome. Right now we're in the middle of shooting Creed too, and it's like my body's like, oof, I am tired. Right. I am tired. Was, I am tired. Was there any part of you that didn't want to come back and do Creed too because Ryan wasn't doing it? In the beginning, I was I was a little hesitant. Honestly, it, um, it was something that we started, we created, you know. But he came on board, and he's, you know, he's producing it as well. So he still has his fingerprints on. It, he's still involved. But in the beginning, you know, uh, yeah, it was a little hesitation there. But Stephen Caples, when we finally got him, we locked down to a director. He's from Cleveland. Um, you know, went to USC. Um, you know, uh, he did this film called The Land. You know, did a lot, of, made a lot of noise in Sundance. He's an incredible filmmaker. And uh, we're really lucky to have him because we're—he's putting his fingerprints on it too, so we, we, we're good, we're in good shape. I don't like the premise though. Wait, I, so you don't even know the premise. Stop yeah, reading the, the internet. The whole, Stop reading the, the internet. The Russian is so predictable. Like, first of all, the second one, the sequel is really tough. Okay. Two to anything is really hard to make. You know what I'm saying? And to really like bring the nostalgic back and tie in, you know what I'm saying, with Rocky and and and, and still give Creed his own legacy and like branch off down and you know give Creed his mm-hmm. own his own lane. 
there's a there's a there's a natural tie-in, there's nat- natural balance there between making the second one a little bit bigger than the first one. You know what I'm saying? Ha- we didn't have a, a true bad guy. There wasn't a real antagonist yeah, in yeah. the first film. Um, it was really about the origin story of Adana. So this one, we're going to try to, you know, make things a little bit more spicy. Well, Envy cried during though. this one because the first one, we were oh, on a flight boy. together. And mm-hmm. I look over at Envy, and he's crying. I was tearing. I just said, And for the record, your shirt was off when he was crying. So I don't know what exactly. I don't know if it was tears of joy. I'm not sure. I'm not too sure. It was a little awkward. He wasn't even there. I heard about it. He wasn't even there. I don't even know what made me cry. It was a little tear came down. He was like, why are you crying? His eyes were all red. You know you like you're naturally more emotional when you're playing in there? You're more you're you're more likely to cry watching the film. Would you learn that? You too. I'm just saying. No, I read it on the internet. <laughs> 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 hey, I read it on the internet. You're telling us not to believe everything. <laughs> Speaking of the internet, this is America. I saw you tweeting that you. I mean, you posted on Instagram how much you enjoyed that video. Yeah, man, it is incredible. I think it's like right on time. Honestly, um, you know, I feel like Donald. You know, we were, we were actually kicking it last night. We were um, we were hanging out last night. He's in town for the Met and stuff like that. We, we were you know singing his praises and stuff all night. Man, we had a good time. But um. I feel like Donald is the distraction. You know what I'm saying? Child, Childish Gambino. Sorry, Ch- Childish Gambino is a distraction to what's really going on. You know what I'm saying? In, in the world right now. Just as much as we're distracted by everything else that's going on mm-hmm. and not really pay attention to the world around us. So I, I, I encourage people to watch the video, but don't look at at Charlie. Yeah, Try not to. Yeah, because you see the, the pale horse in the background. Exactly, with the cops. The cop car following yep. You see the kids on their cell phones. Recording everything. You know what I'm saying? You see, you see, uh, you know, Donald, you know what I'm saying, shoot my man, you know what I'm saying, Trayvon Martin, you know what I'm saying, popping him in, you know, in the head or whatever, but then also seeing him. Trayvon Martin? Isn't that Trayvon Martin? Is that his father? No, it's not. It's not? It's not? Okay, okay. It's another artist. It's um, another? Yeah, it's an it's a artist. All right, Miss Boat. Yeah. Take that back. Because yeah. a lot of people thought that. Yeah, that's yeah, what I thought. That's not his it wasn't? Okay, cool. I saw the resemblance and, okay, mm-hmm. all good. But anyway, but you see the way, he t- uh, gun care. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Where you put the gun, you know what I'm saying, nightly away, but the body is dragged away so and stuff like that. the gun in the people. Exactly. Yeah. So there's a lot of little things in there that I, I feel like is um, super important. And he's a genius. Heroes is an amazing tool, the director. Um, there's a lot of Atlanta, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And uh, all of his uh, childish uh, music videos. So, yeah, man, it's uh, it, was, it was a good video. I loved it. I just wish that uh, in that one scene where he shot the choir, I wish it was a white person actually shooting the choir instead of, instead instead of, of Donald. It yeah, could have yeah, been yeah, Teddy yeah. Perkins. Because I don't, I, I, feel, yeah. I feel like people, I don't like the optics of black people killing black people. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it might have been a little bit more, like, clear yeah. of what he's trying to say. Yeah, because, I mean, if you white and you watching that, all you see is black, on black, black people killing black people. Yeah, I see what you're saying. You know saying. what I mean? And it reinforces the negative stereotype you already have of us anyway. But other than that, I thought it was a, a, a genius video. Iconic video. Oh, I, I think it goes down legendary. But Michael B. Jordan got to get up out of here. He got some okay. TV to do. Okay. <laughs> All right, yeah, he's very busy, but we really appreciate you for stopping through. I appreciate this, I man, because I always tell people from Hollywood, especially the black actors, they forget about their black bases. You know what I'm saying? So it's good to see y'all still come, come through back to the court. Always, and rush man. off to the white people. Nah, nah, come nah, on, man. Cut it out, cut it out, cut it out, man. <laughs> I, ne- I, never, I never lose touch, man. Never right. lose touch, bro. All right. That's well, just me. I appreciate you guys. Absolutely. It's Michael B. Jordan. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning.